0: Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels.
1: Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here and the DeFalco Files with the owner and of FSW Future Stars of Wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. Joe, how's it going Uh into uh, Christmas week here?
0: Yeah, you know... uh, we knew we were going to have a big month that we had a bunch of stuff happening. Uh, So we've gotten by the, the third, the 17th. And now we got another one coming new year's Eve as we're preparing for no escape on the 29th. So, you know, in reality, three, you know, five shows in the, in the two months. So uh, just trying to get things in place. And we were able to do that this past weekend Uh, To where we're, you know, in the process, we found ourselves a new number one contender uh, for the heavyweight title, you know, uh, Hammerstone, uh, I guess you could say retained, he didn't really retain, it ended up being a schmazz, but we know who Ice will now wrestle. And, you know, with Maserati pinning Viva, obviously, that makes her the number one contender. So, you know... We can technically announce that the the two championships will be Hammerstone and Ice, and and Viva and and Maz, So,
1: um, and the one thing we don't know at this point will, because Ice has been in the cage before. Obviously, <laughs> Hammerstone's had the experience. Will that potentially be uh, one of the escape matches?
0: uh most likely yeah because it, it is the two biggest championships and you know yeah i guess we can announce that yeah we were probably going to wait a little bit but yeah it, it's obvious you know that yeah. hammerstone and ice they they've met a couple times in a survival match and they also wrestled in the uh the one time where Many people thought Ice Williams was gonna come up victorious. So, you know, he, he's now earned his way in in a, a four way against three guys who have held multiple championships in FSW. So it, it's it's a big win regardless of how he did it. So, and, you know, Maz the first time she wrestled Viva you know, thankfully, Viva was close enough to the ropes or uh, Maz would be the champ right now. So, right. you know, that that's that that is the marquee matchup in the women's division. Viva has dominated it for the year. Maz was gone for the year. Now she's back. And now the now the two shall meet. And inside a steel cage, let's see, uh, you know, the who is the strongest who will survive. Uh, the steel cage, and walk out as the champions on that night.
1: Um, Speaking of ice, let me ask you from where ice was when he walked in the door and he started to where he is now. What have been the main factors, you think, in his growth? And is there anything that you ever – did you ever think you'd see him – Get to the point where he has become a legitimate contender for the heavyweight championship.
0: Well, he was always a guy who put in the hard work initially, and and he was also a guy. As time progressed, that maybe he wasn't there all the time, but for a person at his level, he was around to help a lot more than other guys at his level. Right. You know. Once you've been the No Limits champion and you've been in, you know, multiple feuds and you've been around and you put your tenure in, unfortunately, a lot of the uh, guys and and gals, I guess, uh, decide that they no longer need to help grab a guardrail or they need to to participate in any way because they feel that they are. Uh, beyond that, I guess you can say. So it, it's refreshing that even to this day, I remember, uh, the last of it, you know, they they were there in full effect because in the past, you know, I did have problems with some of those guys to where, you know, they felt that it was beneath them. And it's like, bro, I don't, I don't know what level you got. And I'm not talking about ice, I'm talking about, you know, uh, a guy like Braxton who would help in one end, maybe in the production, but even when he wasn't, that would be the excuse for not having to be around. And it's like, you know, you need to be around. You're, you're no better. And that's the argument with a lot of the younger guys. You're no better than anybody else. You, you know, you're hurting yourself. You're not hurting me. You know, we're right. going to get this shit done, but your peers are going to have less respect for you When we have a show and you're roaming around the back and you know you're Mr. Gimmick and feel that you don't need to be out there assisting because you're already a superstar,
1: yeah. Um, (laughs) with uh Braxton, you just brought up his name. Is there any indication that uh Braxton might uh want to cash in his uh case? Uh, at no escape for one of the titles?
0: You know, that's totally up to him, but uh, he would have had the opportunity, but he got laid out in the contenders match. I'm pretty sure that there would be a possibility that he might have gone after Matt Vandegrift after Oasis and Sharp, but uh, he was incapacitated, as we saw in the main event. Uh, He was not out there. So he was a little shaken up. So yeah. fortunately for, uh, for, for Matt, he'd only had to worry about uh, Sharp and Oasis. He didn't have to look over his back for, for Braxton.
1: Uh, speaking of uh, Sharp and Oasis, what a announcement for fans of uh, Damian Drake and Matt Vandegrift <laughs> as the unguided. One night only, New Year's Eve. Countdown to Midnight, you're going to see Sharpen Oasis tagging for the first time going against the Unguided, who have a chemistry and a history that goes back a number of years between the two of them. What was it, you know, obviously Jordan Oasis has made it known that he's uh, kind of looking out to get that title from Vandergriff, but what was it that you saw that was something that could bring together Sharp and Oasis? Because I think that actually is a brilliant pairing for a tag team.
0: Well, as we saw with Sharp, he's been involved with Damian Drake. He attacked him before the match at the Silver Nugget. He didn't get his title shot. Then he did, and it was a great back-and-forth match. And Matt Vandegroof probably had two options, if he's going to look for some help and the other one would probably be Hammerstone who helped him out the last time, but Hammerstone, you know, is kind of busy. Why wouldn't he go after, you know, last year on new years as they were culminating their feud, they were in a 60 minute Ironman match. So it seems like they patched up their differences. Uh, Again, similar to, uh, You know, Jay Vidal, he went on his own way and was very successful. And now Damian Drake and and Matt Vandergriff are very successful as singles acts. And, you know, I knew they did say uh, unguided for life. And and I guess when the opportunity came up, uh, they were more than eager to have that match. And I think it's as much as Damian Drake trying to get his hands on Gregory Sharp. Because he did have the match and he didn't win the match. So a big showing against Gregory Sharp, you know, who's looking to defend his title at no escape. You know, who's the guy that's going to be the one that gets that opportunity? So, you know, the unguided were tag team champions. And unfortunately, uh, they lost the belts through the injury. Uh, They had an opportunity. Uh, to regain the belts, but in that time, while Damian Drake was out, Matt Vandergriff was having a huge run as a singles guy, and, and maybe uh, that went to his head a little bit, and that's when turmoil happened between the tag team, and now they seem to be in a good place, and what better time than New Year's Eve to uh, bring them back together? You know, we like to say, one night only. Maybe, maybe not.
1: Well, we can guarantee you that it's one night in 2022 only. So, you've got that covered. There there's no doubt. Uh what kind of what kind of influence or what can a guy like Jordan Oasis learn from a guy like Gregory Sharp?
0: Well, perseverance. You Gregory Sharp is a guy who it literally took 10 years for him to win a championship. And in this day and age, there's a lot of disappointment when in six months or a year, you don't get to be exactly where you want to be. Right. And things take time sometimes. And he, he, you know, he left the Pacific Northwest of Washington to come to Vegas and to be a star. And, you know, he packed everything up. And, you know, he's had moderate success, but th- that's about it. Right now is the best run he's had. But the yeah. best run he's had was losing to Matt Vandegrift. The best run he's had is beating up Matt Vandegrift with his back turned uh, while Matt Vandegrift is taking care of other business, which he continues to do. So, yeah. you know, if, if Jordan Oasis... Watch what Matt Vandegrift has, you know, he, he's he gone, he's gone about it, I guess you can say in the right way, because he is on Matt Vandegrift's radar and, yeah. you know, the opportunity is there and it's crazy because, you know, we're setting everything up for no escape that a guy like Danny Limelight, who's earned his number one contendership is waiting till no escape, not not because he said, hey, I'm waiting to no escape because he's not in a position to do that. But we're letting everything else, you know, play out right now. Sure, I guess we could have did Limelight and Van Griff, uh, you know, last week. But we wanted to save the, n- instead of going through another number one contenders match, he won it, let's give it to him at the big show. And, you know, having having limelight on the big show, whether it's against Oasis, whether it was against Sharp, whether it's against Vandegrift, I don't think limelight gives a crap either way. He wants to be the champion. Whoever happens to be in his way, you know, as witnessed, uh, uh, a little 15 year old was in his way uh, on Saturday and they they had a tremendous match.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. what does that mean to uh, – what does that mean to a guy like Bodie getting a chance to work a guy like Limelight who – you know, Limelight really – I don't know, man. You talk about all the tools being there. He, 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 there's just nothing that he really lags. He has everything. He has the experience. He has the exposure. Is this Was this a chance for Bodie to kind of get a feel to see where he's at with hanging with that type of a, a talent?
0: Over the last year or so, you know, we've tried to put Bodie in positions to succeed, putting him in a tag match with Remy and putting him in a tag match with Sin Bodie, trying to protect him and, and not overuse him, being that he's still growing and he's still learning. And, you know, you want to try and limit any anything bad happening. Right. We did a a four way where we thought he'd learn a lot. Gatson, Funny Bone and uh, Eli Everfly. And he got tossed a little by Funny Bone and kind of got banged up a little bit. And, you know, those are the things we try to limit. You know, he's eager. He wants to do whatever, you know, put me in coach. And it's like you have to calm him down a little bit and sit him down and, like, hey, you know, you're not going to be on every show. You're, you, you, you know, you're, you're, you're an attraction where we want you to grow in training and get better as, and get more experience and pick and choose, you know, when those opportunities are going to occur. You know, kind of like when he works elsewhere, I, I, you know, I've tried to sit him down, others have. Like, hey, you know, be choosy. You, you, you right. don't have to take every booking because somebody wants to use you. Take a booking that's going to benefit you. And yep. win, lose, or draw, it doesn't matter. But getting a match that's going to help you as you continue your journey is, is what you need. And a, and a match with Danny Limelight is definitely something that's like, okay, you know, I'm young. I'm inexperienced. I, I've had some matches under my belt. I've had some great success. Uh, let's see what I'm going to do. Danny Limelight's a world-class wrestler. Yeah. He is a major league wrestler who kind of in limbo. You know, he had a bit. He was a tag team champion in MLW. He he, he, he wrestled Kenny Omega at yeah. AEW. You know, don't think that Danny Limelight just walked in and got a match with Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega obviously, probably wanted to have a match with him because yeah. I'm pretty sure Kenny Omega is gonna pick and choose his opponents on an Aew dark show. right He's not gonna just wrestle some independent greenie guy to have a match. He probably saw a limelight, light like, light like, liked what he saw from him and said, hey, you know I'd you know love to have a match with him. And being that he's an executive vice president, Uh, it's probably a little easier to hit and go to Tony Khan and say, hey, you know, I want to work at that AEW Dark Show. Hey, how about giving me Limelight? And, you know, it's similar to what we do at Future Shock. When one of our established veterans want to work that show and they're looking to work with the younger talent, it's because they're fond of that younger talent. They see them in training. They see them working hard. They feel that they can give the youngster a good opportunity to, you know, see where they're at in their progression. So, you know, as much as there is in the business of competition and what you need to do and trying to be ahead of somebody else and not lose your spot guys who are, uh, I guess you can say, a guy like Chris Bay, a guy like Danny Limelight aren't people who are saying, oh, I better not do this. I may lose my spot. They're confident enough right. in where they're at that now they feel that they can help the next group that are looking to make strides and and, and make a run in, in something bigger. And they're that stepping stone. And like I said, it isn't about wins and losses. It's about being able to hang, you know, how good is it, you know, if Bodie wrestles Chris Bay and he hangs with him and, and Chris Bay comes out of it saying, Hey, you know, you did a great job, kid. You know, just keep doing what you're doing. You know, he's yeah. getting a lot of accolades uh, similar to Nick Wayne and Nick Wayne before he was 18 and didn't graduate or whatever, you know, got signed by AEW because they felt that his progression is exactly where it needed to be. So right. a guy like Bodie, you know, every opportunity he gets, you know, he needs to, you know, take advantage of it. Because, you know, how many 15 year olds can post their resume and you see who he's wrestled, and it's like, wow, he's wrestled all these guys already. That that's tremendous. Yeah. And me as a promoter, if he's not good enough, I'm not giving him those matches. He, right. He's getting far less matches, but, you know, he's developing, he's growing, you know, he's getting a little bigger. Yeah. It's obviously he's doing all the right things that are necessary. You know, one thing I told him is don't be the same guy when you're 20 because it's different at 15. There aren't, right. you, You're one of the only ones when you're 21, you're going to be a group of a bunch of people and you need to stand out, and you don't want to stand out as, oh, yeah, you should have seen that kid when he was 15. You don't want him peaking at 16 years old. Right, right.
1: Um, with Danny Limelight, <clears throat> what what would it mean to you if uh, Limelight was to beat Vandergriff and become the No Limits champion? What would it mean to you to have uh, Danny Limelight with that title because he has a lot of exposure um, around the country. Uh, Does that, would that put a little more exposure on the fact that, uh, you know, FSW is a place for guys like Danny Limelight to come and, uh, you know, have a chance at, at carrying a title?
0: Well, I think in the 13 years that we've been around, we, we have been that company, you know, there's so many people on Twitter that you see that, put us over for the type of talent that we have on shows you know our women's champion has a huge following and you can see her uh at AEW Maserati and Ring of Honor and Impact and AEW so it's it's easier to say with, like, the locals that we've trained, the Chris Bay, the Maseratis, they've come, a lot, they've come up through us. So Cross and, and, and Lacey. But it's more important to me when it's a guy like Hammerstone, who people didn't know who he was from Phoenix, Arizona, and we used him and continued to use him, and he became a star. He was known as an FSW guy. Because we brought him in, you know, way before. Uh, Danny Limelight, who's getting, you know, outside notoriety. Uh, Jay Vidal, he had some experience in Florida, but he broke out at FSW. Matt Vandegrift broke out at FSW. So people know that FSW is is the place to be. You know, I get messages from people, hey, you know, really want to wrestle for you guys. Really want to wrestle for you guys. And guys that have like made it now that we hadn't used like a Tito Escondido, who was a major part of what we were doing, you know, early on before anybody noticed him, Che Cabrera who's now getting some love in new Japan, you know, talking with Tito yesterday uh, about trying to work out, getting him and Che uh, into the mix and, you know, with the new Japan stuff. And then similar to guys like Jacob Boston young and Gregory Sharp who are now becoming mainstays on the U.S. version of New Japan, and Bateman, and Lawler, and the old 1% Royce and Jarrell, who were never a tag team until I put them together. And then they went out and they killed it. And now they're getting, you know, reaping huge rewards and bigger paydays because these two guys got put in a position and they worked their asses off to be – you know, as good a tag team on the West Coast as anybody. <coughs> so our reputation kind of precedes itself. So there's always guys that are successful elsewhere, a Jordan Cruz, a class, that they all want to be part of this. And they also want to help, you know, build it to be the biggest thing. That You know, that's why uh, a Chris Bay you know, will come back and he'll work a feud with Ice Williams, who he's seen grow, and work with Shogun and and Hero. And same thing with Sepha when he was with us. So, you know, I like wrestling. I want to have the best wrestling I can. So our younger guys, who may be good, they're not as good as Danny Limelight. They're not yeah. as good as Tito and Che. So if I can get them in at a at a price that fits our budget, of course I'm want to do it. When when we have a Mecca show, we're going to draw more people than we will at a Future Shock. Right. They all have its place, but I'm a guy who wants to see eight good matches. But as a also a business guy who has a school, I want to see Future Shock succeed. We can't right. run Meccas. Twice a month, so those are special. Those are special shows. You know, I had to tell Davy Richards. Unfortunately, he wasn't able, you know, to make a couple shows. Hey, you know, I'm going to be in SoCal that weekend, and I'm like, bro, you know, you weren't able to make the last show, and I get it. You know, you were stuck on a plane, but other storylines have now set themselves in, and we're at you know six or so matches. That also doesn't have those six matches have a lot of our regulars that are guys we want to use not booked yet for no escape. So I'd right. help tell Davey like, Hey, you know, not this time, uh, you know, hopefully down the line, we'll bring him back. now if he would have made the last couple of shows, maybe we, he would have been involved with stuff, whether, you know, cause he was supposed to wrestle sharp on a couple of different occasions. So right. who knows where we would have gone if that happened. But right now, uh, You know, we're trying to utilize and no escapes always been that way where we try to utilize not bringing in, you know, the huge flights and the big money, uh, you know, national stars that we feel with the with the cage matches that we can build within. And, And, you know, that's when it becomes Hammer and Ice and Viva and Maz and Gregory Sharp and whoever and limelight against uh whoever the no limits champion is tbd you know all those guys got to have matches right you know we're dealing with xander and bugatti uh they're supposed to wrestle at new year's eve so whether that ends it or it continues you know we don't know yet so there's a lot on that horizon and then all of a sudden you hear the names i said that are set Look at all the names that you haven't heard that for no escape. You know, right now there is nothing at this point for Damian Drake or Jordan Oasis or Remy Marcel or Jacob Boston young or cutthroat Cody, or if you wanted to bring in Tito and Shay or Eli Everfly, who's back wrestling. So, you know, there, there's tons of guys and, as many scrambles as I like to do, if there's only two matches left, I, I I cannot put 14 guys into those two matches.
1: I I don't know, Joe. I think you could easily pull off a 14 man scramble.
0: Well, you know, I could do an eight man tag and then do a six man scramble, and that'll get me. You know, that'll get me to 14, I guess.
1: <laughs> um, you know, you said something uh, interesting with uh, Tito and Che. Uh, would Tito and Che be a good uh, test for TBD and kind of, uh, you know, give them another elevated tag team to potentially
0: go against? That, that would be a tremendous tag tag match. Tito and Che have done great things uh, as a tag team. And, you know, as I said in the past, I, you know, we've talked with the commandos about coming back, the scum, the 1%. There's so many teams that are still extremely relevant, you right. know, on the scene. That they're, you know, some of them are bigger now, and and some of them aren't. You know, the scum haven't been seen around as often, but you know, they, they're three time former champions. They they wrestled at Impact for years, so right. those it, the, those are two big boys. You know, Thornstone Thornstones tremendous as a singles guy you know when luster was hurt and luster did great things you know he pinned tyson back in the day when thornstow was recovering from an injury so those guys have had success in singles and in tag since almost our beginning probably 11 12 years so you know you want to see your best compete with the best And, you know, it's again, it's it's making things happen and and negotiations and what's fair for both parties. So, you know, we're always working on, you know, the ideas.
1: Um, You had uh, a pretty, you know, uh, in in interesting or intriguing match, I think, uh, with the uh, Devin Reno uh, Jordan Cruz and Primo Henio match. Do you, do you really think, when you look at it, that those are three guys that are just on that cusp of, you know, breaking out and um, doing more for FSW as well?
0: Oh, without a doubt. And Devin Reno's stock rises because he aligned with Class, and Class yeah. was a guy who you know, within six or eight months became the Nevada state champion. You know, you look at him, he looks the part, he talks the part, you know, obviously he's still got some rust in him from the injury. And I believe he's cleared, you know, in the next week or so to Russell. So, you know, I saw, I saw what they saw, you know, they see a guy in Jordan Cruz that they feel would be a major asset to Uh, what they're looking to do and you know so far jordan Cruz has turned down their opportunity but who's to say that they may have looked at jordan cruz but now maybe they're looking at primo henio because here's another guy who looks the part dresses the part and great shape he can work and everybody loves those accents so you know (laughs) he's definitely a guy when we talk about the new talent initiative and it's the same thing. It, here's a guy that we feel will have a major role in 2023. Yeah. But again, now class is back. Primo Henio looks like he's got a spot and Jordan Cruz is looking to get more work. And we've been using that Arizona crew and the MK army. And it's like, okay, well again, There's only so many matches on a show. Right. If class is ready to go for no escape, I'm I have a hard time believing there's, you know, he would probably have to wait till after that, you know, give him that extra month just because, you know, there isn't anything right now. Now, can there be sure we have a show, the 31st and the 13th. Who's to say that something doesn't happen over the next two weeks that leads to them being involved in a match. I don't know, but in all honesty, and this is hundred percent the truth that as I was putting together the card and trying to figure out what we're doing for no escape, those, that crew of class and Devin Reno really weren't in the initial, you know, building of the card and who we were looking. You know, because I put stuff down and it's like, okay, here, here's a group of guys. This is this is what we know we need to do. You know, we know we're having the FSW champs going to be there. The women's champs going to be there. The tag champs going to be there. The no limits champs going to be there. And the Nevada State. So that's five matches that are already, however they end up being, are going to happen. Right. And then you work in some stuff with certain feuds. And now you have a list. And now the list includes, because you're, you're looking at, Sharp is the Nevada State champion right now. So you can't look at who is going to be the champ. So you look at who the champions are. And then you put another list together of the guys that are mainstays in the company. And you're talking Jake Boston Young, Cutthroat Cody, Remy Marcel, uh, Nick Xander, Brett the Threat. Nick Bugatti, a uh, sky high, maybe a suavecitos, the faction. and it's like, okay, what do we have, Nick Bugatti. So what do we have left? So you know the younger guys that have get to compete on it. It's like hey, does a Ricky tenacious have a spot? Are we gonna do a pre-show that you like to get some of the guys who've worked hard? For the entire year and you like to get them on those type of shows but a guy like jacob boston young for example is not a guy we're looking to put on a pre-show match you know he's done way more than that in fsw so it's like okay now where do we go because i like a scramble four-way five-way whatever so there's a good chance that can occur and there's a good chance a guy like Jacob Boston young at this point goes in the scramble, you know, and now you're figuring out mixing and matching and where do we go? And Hey, we also got that Santana Jackson guy who got over really well. People really like him. Is there a spot for him? But I don't want to make sure he gets a spot over say a Nick Xander. Who's the rookie right. of the year. He's been involved in stuff. I can't, I can't justify leaving that person off or leaving cutthroat Cody off just to give Santana Jackson a spot. So you're trying to mix and match and put him in. And, hey, is there a spot for the MK Army? And, hey, is there a spot for Devin Reno now that we got class? Because now I have to rewrite that list. Because now it's like, well, Devin Reno, impressive victory, and he's got class with him. You know, that's a draw. And why would I not want to have that draw on there? So, you know, it's it's a great problem to have. Obviously, it's better than, oh, okay, what five kids from Future Shock am I going to use? Because I got to fill up the card. Right. I want people to look at that card and be like, holy shit. Like, this is the fucking best of the best. Yeah. We can't not come to this show. Similar to the show we ran on Saturday. Like. Again, it was a really good turnout. I, I I would wish that there was not one empty seat in the building. You know, we had Hammerstone and Kenny King. We had Matt Vandergriff and Gregory Sharp. You know, this was real deal stuff. This was a this was in reality a casino show that we had at the school. And if sure. we can draw, you know, 4 or 500 to casino show, we shouldn't not be able to draw 250. And squeeze them like fucking sardines in there. <laughs> right. But, you know, and then now you're also against, well, why doesn't the FSW Reno shows draw that way? And I have the same argument with the kid all the time. And it's like, that's a destination doing a casino. It doesn't matter if it's the Silver Nugget or it's Samstown, it's you get to go out, you can drink, you can eat, you can gamble, you can mingle with a lot of people. The school shows are more intimate, you know, it's like going to see Def Leppard at the Whiskey A Go-Go or at the Allegiant Stadium, you, you, you know what right. I mean? It's like, yeah. it's the difference. Where I was watching yesterday, it was on Paramount Plus and they had the uh, some charity concert, Metallica plays. And mm-hmm. they panned from the Microsoft Theater in LA and it was like that whole middle area, there was so many empty seats. Yet the place probably only held a couple thousand, but they'll yeah. go play at T-Mobile and sell it out in three minutes. That seats eighteen thousand. Yeah, you know, so it it's it's of the appeal of what it is. You know, we've had fans who specifically say, "Yeah, we only come to the casino shows because you know that's the night out for us." You know, at the FSW Arena. Yeah, that's where the hardcore fans, the Chief and George and, and Brandy and all them, they, they show up diehards all the time. Yeah. And then there's the others who they want to have that night out. Uh, my guy, they, they he bought 40-something tickets and had 50 people showing up for the casino show. But right. I can't get seven of them to show up at the arena show because it's a giant get-together and, and you know, booze is a big deal obviously and, and, and <laughs> for, for wrestling fans and <laughs> you know and and of course the mecca is a bigger step ahead but we've right. had regular anniversary shows and and people want to support and all that other stuff but they would rather support in a bigger venue in a in a in a bigger thing so as good as we did on saturday night i guarantee you a hundred to 200 more people would have showed up if we did the exact same show at a casino.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a very point. Um, is it, is it time for uh, Lawson to uh, get a liquor uh, license and uh, he could sell six packs uh, at the front of the FSW arena?
0: Well, he wouldn't get the liquor license. We'd have to, and it's, it's probably too expensive. You know what I mean? Because yeah. again, again, it's liquor in a casino. I think in the arena it's 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 a different animal. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's more just the wrestling fans who like Damian Drake or or they like Remy or they like Cody or they like Hammerstone or they like Graves. There's another name they add to the list for no escape, you know? Yeah. And it's yeah. like you know, my kids. oh, you know, we can bring Toa back and this. And what about Toa and Tito? And I'm like, yeah, that's great. But now it's two lesser spots for right. the guys who've been there all year. You know, Toa is a tough one because he's got that schedule and, and he's got regulations and things like that that he has to follow. And it's like, uh-oh, it's a New Japan guy against an AEW guy who's going to have heat. Well, this guy can't lose. And that. So as good as it can be, you know, when you're tied up, it, it makes things really difficult when your hands are tied onto what you're looking to do moving forward. Hey, now you got to add a third person that is applicable to, you know, be in that match and be the one – that it's okay because his company's not competing with the other company and they don't really want that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, saw it the other day. It was in, uh, I think, it, at, at the ECW Arena, the old ECW Arena, that Devon Dudley, who's now uh, a trainer for WWE, was right. scheduled just to walk out. It wasn't a Dudley boys match or whatever. Devon. Uh, was going to accompany Bully Ray, Bubba, who I believe was going to wrestle Matt Cardona. And then a day or two before, they pulled him from the show. <coughs> yeah. And, you know, cited, you know, whatever, ceased and desist and whatever. But it's like, I'm pretty sure they've been promoting it for a while. Like, for example, Jerry Lynn, who works backstage for AEW, he was on the show. You know, I don't know who wrestled and who did what, But, you know, it was it was a a tribute to ECW. And again, it's a money thing where these guys are bringing back all the old ECW guys, Sandman, Shane Douglas, you know, little Guido. They had like, you know, all the old ECW guys. Right. Except for one who was like, uh, I forgot who it was. It was like, he isn't an ECW guy. Like Al Snow was there, who obviously was. But it was one that was like the WWE ECW that he was a part of and they built him as, as a guy on it. I forgot who it was, but you know, that was probably a big draw having those guys right. and all Devon was going to end up doing is making more money because for the meet and greets and all the other stuff. So to stop him, it's kind of like, yeah, that, that, that seems a little petty when you're letting uh, what's his face, Carl Anderson go wrestle for new Japan. So right. you can do that, and Devon can't just walk somebody out. That's not affecting your business in any way. But you know that is what it is.
1: Um, I, it just just out of hearing that, have you ever tried getting uh, a WWE tent under contract to uh, appear on a show?
0: No, because it's virtually impossible, impossible. Yeah. you know the only person we would want to do it with would probably be cross or Cepha, and even that was the situation technically we did book cross for the mecca in october and right. he shows up you know two weeks before so we knew that wasn't happening or three weeks before when he right. showed back up in wwe And I know they had supposedly let him do a couple appearances, but I know they also squashed a couple appearances. I know I believe at one of the shows he was able to do a meet and greet that he was supposed to wrestle on. But, you know, I didn't push it because we had just done the meet and greet a few months before. So to pay him to come in to do another meet and greet, I'm not sure that the fans who bought a meet and greet for the show before are going to go shell out money. So now it would have been costly to us because, in turn, we were going to pay him to wrestle. And then right. the meet and greet gets mixed in and, you know, that gets split up. So, in this situation, it, it wasn't really beneficial for us to pursue because there wasn't much he was going to be able to do. And Kevin being a longtime FSW guy. It wasn't like it was his first appearance in a show in New York and they were going to have right. him do a meet and greet where nobody's ever had the chance to meet him. You know, all our fans have met Kevin and probably gotten numerous photos, right. you know, and pictures together for free. Right. You know, to go out and shell 30, 40 bucks now.
1: Well, yeah, but you don't have probably a picture with him with the hair. So I'd say the forty bucks is for the new hairdo.
0: Yeah, you know, it could be. Well, the last time we looked at it as the forty or fifty bucks was the picture came with Scarlett in it too. So right, right.
1: Uh, as you kind of look forward here to uh, New Year's Eve countdown to midnight. Uh, well, again, what time does the show start?
0: It starts at nine thirty. So we're trying to get it to where. You do a two and a half hour show you run like we did last year right till about midnight you know same thing we want the main event to go you know a minute or two that way we can put the thing up there you know we like to do the champagne toast for anybody who would like uh some champagne and if the families want to give it to their 16 or 14 year old that's on them but uh yeah we it's a gathering of the FSW family. You know, it's, it's the people who have supported us for a very long time. And you know, some of them are my age in the fifties and we've gotten fans, you know, in the twenties, thirties, forties, most people don't want to go to the strip. So instead of staying at home, it's easy access to get to, you don't have to worry about the traffic. And you go out and you have a a fun wrestling show. That's like last year. You know, Jay Vidal wrestled Chris Bay and won the No Limits title. And we had a 60-minute Ironman match. So the great part is a lot of the wrestlers, you know, choose to go. I have to make a post. I post it to all our people. Like, hey, just so you know, nothing is mandatory. This is if you want to do it. And all of a sudden, you know, I try to make sure that – I make the offer to everybody, but it's like Primo Henio, Jordan Cruz, the Arizona crew. Hey, is there any spots on, you know, New Year's Eve? And it's like, I was concerned, like, does somebody want to drive from, from LA to Vegas on New Year's Eve? It's like, I'm pretty sure that traffic is going to be fucking a lot, make that ride a lot longer. But these guys, Johnny Robbie's booked on the show. Because wow. it was like, hey, these are the dates. She's like, oh, okay, I'm good for the 17th and the 31st. And I'm like, hey, by the way, you re- you do realize that the 31st is New Year's Eve. Like, I don't want to put it out there. And then it's like, you know, you're spacing about it. Like, oh, shit, I'm not driving to fucking Vegas. She's right. like, oh, that's fine, blah, 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 blah. Didn't have plans. So she gets to wrestle, you know, which is usually good. Unfortunately, it's on a Saturday night, New Year's Eve. Like right. a couple years ago, it was like on a Thursday, which they would have never got any bookings on a Thursday. So now they right. can get bookings an extra day. And, yeah. and even now there's most companies are not going to run New Year's Eve. So, you know, they get a booking. They get to be with friends. Uh, yeah. You know They come out here who they're friendly with. You know, maybe they stay at somebody's house. You know, I had to tell Limelight, dude, you can come out, but I can't get you a room for 500 on New Year's Eve, bro. You know, uh, you have to stay uh, in house or something.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> and and you know, Danny doesn't. He don't. He don't do things on the regular, man. You know, he's got yeah, it. Yeah, you know, I can't have
0: stuff. him drinking that bottle of Hennessy in Bodhi's spare bedroom. You know, <laughs> uh,
1: the uh, you know, with with having so many people available. Did a thought ever cross to you, maybe on a whim, of finishing the New Year's Eve show at midnight and then starting a new show at uh, 12.05?
0: Nah, not really. It's going to be long enough to do. You know, yeah, at one point we did have the idea of doing the 24-hour show on New Year's right but you know that that's expecting a lot of people and it's like okay who's going to do commentary for 24 hours you know Ooh. i guess i guess we could auction we could have auctioned it off like hey get a commentary slot you know 50 bucks Ooh. for the hour and yeah. continue that fundraiser thing um. but Now, we're good with running the show just until midnight because another idea is doing it New Year's Day uh, in the past because I saw WWE cancel their day one pay per view, which was happening. And again, you don't want to compete against that. A lot of people want to watch the WWE stuff. So, but we're we're content. You know, we're going to have a nice mixture. Uh, Obviously, we have the main event. Uh, We have a. A match that has not been, uh, I guess you can say, approved by FSW. What is it? Unsanctioned. Yeah, there you go.
1: Unsanctioned. Uh,
0: Ref, Ref AJ will make his debut against Brandon G. Okay. All right. You know, Brandon nice. G has gone crazy. He's lost a couple of matches, and he specifically blames Ref AJ, who they kind of got into it a couple times. And... You know he wants to match, and being that it's New Year's, it's like, hey, why the hell not?
1: Yeah, it' um, nice to to give him a chance to uh, to get in front of the crowd and uh, and and work out a little bit and kind of show what he can do. That's pretty awesome to hear.
0: Yeah, so um, we're, still, we're, we're still deciding: is the main event Ref AJ uh, versus Brandon G, or the one night only re- reunion of the Unguided? We're 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 juggling the ideas. It's like, which one's going to be the main event?
1: Well, it's a, you know, you know, Grift and Damien Drake, they probably have uh, some very important uh, New Year's Eve party to go to. So I would say they go on first because, you know, that would get them out, right?
0: Yeah, I, I believe there's a, a New Year's Eve uh, 80s party that I think Damien Drake is hosting. So uh, that he might have to be there. So, <laughs> you know, sp- special guests, uh, a flock of seagulls and Frankie goes to Hollywood. They're going to reunite for one night oh, only. No. So, Are are,
1: are we going to see the unguided, like the 80s version of the unguided? So are we going to get Vandegrift with the flock of seagulls uh, hair going on? Um,
0: I don't know. I, I was I was wondering myself is is. <laughs> You know, is the unguided coming out as the unguided or are they going to come out as the aerial chemist and, uh, the Ashton Kutcher eighties guy? <laughs> um, you know,
1: you had a situation where, um, Tom Crawford got a little, uh, beat down, uh, this past Saturday, uh, I think that was the biggest pop of the night. I was going to say is is that a, was that a, a heel thing or a hero thing? <laughs>
0: uh, I'll be honest with you. I was in the back freezing my ass off and I saw Xander and I and I heard the heartbeat, heartbeat, but I didn't notice Tom in the ring. I saw a couple of the other guys. When I was looking back on it of the show I was, I, I, I know, I don't even know if I was looking back on the thing. I think Xander posted something about it and I was like, oh yeah. shit, he's beating up uh, Tom Crawford. And it was universally praised on, uh, on the Facebook. Even Mike Delight from uh, New Jersey was disappointed that he wasn't the guy who, who was able to do it. So, you know. Uh, that
1: goes to show, uh, is, is that something that, you know, you could eventually auction off uh, is uh, for fans to, uh, you know, get a, a shot at uh, Tom Crawford? Uh,
0: yeah, because that auction would probably go through the roof. We can raise a lot of money for the, uh, the for the Joe Falco fund. So it's definitely something I, I'd be interested. You know, Tom, Tom is actually in training. To be a referee, so yep. uh, it is interesting to see where that goes. You know, after that, who knows? The alliance of uh, Rocky T and Tom Crawford, you know, they could be the next tag team champions if the, you know they play their cards right.
1: You'd you have to get uh, Paul Elring to uh, come out of retirement and manage those two. I think that would be perfect.
0: Oh, is he is he retired after he got kicked out of the Fed again?
1: I don't know. I, I don't think he's I think he's just doing the circuit with uh with the uh you know appearances, but uh I don't think managed in a while now. So it'd be fun to see uh <laughs> you get him on a show and uh get Rachel Alluring to uh to wrestle uh whoever the champ is uh for the women's title.
0: There you go. Sounds, you know. sounds
1: a little interesting, maybe. Maybe we have so to... Stop, stop
0: uh, Tessa. Tessa bounced back at the uh, women's show. The women's show, yeah. Not only did she have to go against Miranda Alizé, she had to go up against Floyd Mayweather Sr., so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It,
1: so, where are we? Were, the, were uh, you there
0: for that? I, I ended up... I wasn't there. Did you go?
1: No, I actually...
0: When uh, King didn't have an extra ticket for you?
1: No, I was. I was supposed to go. I was supposed oh, to go, but... Okay. Uh, Issues uh with uh <laughs> issues with my car uh and nice. having to get new tires uh <laughs> that day. It, it was it was crazy. Um and 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 yeah, a, a little bit of a blowout uh <laughs> Friday night. So but uh the I mean the the setup was interesting
0: um on on the stage, which was
1: strange, but
0: uh good for them yeah there was really no other option to have it anywhere else which still made it kind of weird
1: yeah yeah i mean so uh, what's your advice in those situations with you know not only uww but other companies who are trying to build something but you know (laughs) are, are are not running on a constant basis, a monthly basis or a biweekly basis, but are trying to figure out kind of how they fit in and how what kind of audience they can get. Is it just a lot of things that go into it that people who might have the money and might have the interest in doing something don't understand necessarily how difficult it is to start up a wrestling company especially when the market in vegas for example is pretty much saturated right now where you have almost something running every week and you see a lot of the same people is it tough for new organizations to start up
0: it's tough for us we always have to be overthinking things and, and Hey, you know, wh- what are we bringing to the table and, and what are we doing? You know, there's numerous guys, they hit us up. Like there'll be a few shows in town the weekend of the 13th. Hey, I'm going to be in town wrestling. And it's like, well, you know, I don't need another out of town person when I can go see you over there. It's tough enough getting my own people on the show. So, right. um, and it's tough enough where a lot of our guys wrestle on those other shows. Right. So why do I want to have four more people that none, none of our fans really know and then put them on a show that they were on somewhere else. It's like I I have more than enough talent. It, it's the thing is there's a lot of and and some of the talent's really good. The thing is I'm going to use Primo Henio because somebody told me that works for me who I respect. Now, the fact of the matter is, Primo Henio could have hit me up five months ago, and since I wasn't aware of him, he was probably not a guy I'm going to look at. But when he's recommended to me by other people, like a Hammerstone or Dom or or what it was, like what was with Class, you know, yeah. I, I'm going to have a better chance of using him. Because there's always a spot here, or a spot there, but there isn't always. And, you know, I just... Every week you know I've probably gotten 10 messages hey I'm gonna be in town because I'm wrestling somewhere else it's like well that's great go wrestle somewhere else like I, I get it they're trying to get as many bookings as they can but I'm not I'm not giving giving up a spot to one of our guys for some random who's coming in from out of state to work for a different company uh, right. unfortunately that that's just not gonna happen as for the women's company uh the guy Tom who runs it, I've tried to, you know, lead him in a way like not lead him. It's his show. He wants to pay X amount of dollars. Hey, he initially like, hey, what do you think of this person? And, uh, you know, I mentioned Maserati and Viva and, and, you know, oh, you're looking for a younger talent, not going to cost you way too much money, but you can use the experience. Hey, Alice Blair, blah, blah, blah and you know he's utilized them and stuff and i've seen what he you know he pays out and you know initially he used the sahara and we know it's on the strip and i don't know numbers but i know it was far more money than i was paying for say sam's town or silver nugget and after the second show because even though the first show was a disaster and it didn't draw and there was really no promotion behind it, say from the Sahara other than putting it up on the marquee. That's great. Wrestling show, big deal. And they're not partners in any way. They're just getting the money and you owe me this amount of money and whether it has this, that. So we had talked, I'm like, Hey, you know, you can get into the silver nugget. It's it's less expensive. You can use the FSW arena because you're not drawing three to 500 people. So you, and the thing is, the, the room at the Sahara didn't hold three to five hundred people, right. because again, yeah. you had the stage, and then you had the ring, which covered the area. So there was only kind of seats that way, and then that were that there were up in the uh, where the tables were. Right. So it's, you're paying a lot of money that you can't get back, regardless if you did sell that that spot out. So after all that said and done, all of a sudden, you know, I hadn't talked to him for a little while. And then all of a sudden I saw the ad. Hey, we're going to be at the House of Blues. And it's like, House of Blues? This guy fucking crazy. And it's like, you know, we heard there was a big drink guarantee and they had this. And, you know, paying Tessa and Ivelisse and and all these people they brought in, you know, he wasn't bringing in the low-end talent. He was bringing in big name talent. And the thing is, other than a few of those sponsored ads, I saw nothing about it so how do you expect to draw and you know from what the pictures i saw the turnout was again not very good and my advice when somebody would ask me is you need to start a little slower first off maybe instead of bringing in seven people who cost you tons of money bring in three or four and try to get an affordable venue so that way You know, I've learned something early on in in, in the wrestling business when we're doing shows in Arizona. And there was a guy who was sponsoring the first IWF show. He was putting up all the money. His name was Morris something. I don't know who it was. Not Morris. Wasn't Morris Day in the time. But it was a guy named Morris from Phoenix, Arizona. And he had tons of money. So he was going to be the investor of the show. And the show was going to cost like fucking $25,000. And it was like, oh, yeah, he said money's no object. And then three days before the show, he pulled it because he saw what the draw was. And it was like he was told he was going to make all this money. It's like when, when you become rich and you're well off, you don't become that way because you just throw money out at something. Right. Money is no object until you start losing it. And right. that was the thing. So, yeah, he might have had some investors and put in money for the House of Blues. But then when the bottom line comes and all of a sudden it was like, hey, I put up ten thousand. What do I get back? Oh, here's six hundred. You're probably not going to invest the ten thousand next time. Right. So how do you keep going? And that's why there's so many companies that you see one and done, two and done. They run one. And then it takes, you know, 18 months to run another. There's no momentum. There's no consistency. Yeah. And you come to a market. I know he's from Texas and supposedly he's, you know, promoted shows out there. But this is a totally different market. And, you know, I don't think you could come from Texas and come out four days before a show and then help generate tons of business. Right. You know, the, you, you got to have boots on the floor. There's no boots on the floor. He wasn't like what he could have said. He rented our ring. He used our crew. Hey, Joe, uh, I got a bunch of flyers. Do you have a street team? You know, if you can get four guys, you know, I'll pay 50 bucks each for the students to go out and, and mass flyer. If yeah. you're not putting it out, how does anybody know? It doesn't matter if it's a Walmart. You know, he has a niche market. It's women's wrestling. So people like Glenn like women's wrestling more than the men's wrestling. There's people who just like watching the women's wrestling because it's women that may not come to an FSW arena show to see a bunch of guys wrestling. So there's different niches for that. Well, it's great to have all the niches in the world. But if you don't know about the show, you ain't going. Right. So... You know, you don't want to do flyers. Okay, I know people don't really all watch it live, but maybe if you ran a commercial during Monday Night Raw, that's how we started. That's what we did. I don't feel the value is there because we have a FSW fan page that has 300 people on it that have come to shows. We have an FSW email that has 400 names of people who have purchased tickets through the PayPal that we message and you know send the flyer and write up text hey we got a big show coming up at the silver nugget it's our anniversary show and we got this this that and the other thing and that's how at least we're getting the people who have come to our shows already know about it instead of right. hoping that they find out about it and that's the biggest thing that i see with the, a lot of the companies that are running is I don't wear, I, I don't know how they're marketing it. Right. And it's not my job to tell them. You know, we go out there, we, we, we have 13 years of good faith, of good shows, of fans. But we also understand that in 13 years, there's shit tons of fans who've come to our shows that don't even live in Vegas anymore. Or right. their kids aren't wrestling fans anymore. So you're right. always having to reinvent the wheel and giving different reasons why hopefully they come to your show. And yeah. when you're a startup company and you don't want to invest the money, we had to invest a lot of money out of our own pocket to get things started. Nowadays, a lot of these companies they 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 rent our ring or they'll rent Ricky's ring and they'll do a show and they'll put a bunch of the FSW guys on it and Hey, Brett, the threat you're on the show. Make sure you post it, make sure you post it. So now you're hoping the fans who know Brett, the threat and how would they know Brett the threat? They would know him from the FSW shows because that's where he wrestled his first year and a half and still continues to do so. So anybody who likes Brett, the threat, whether he's going to work super beast show or somebody else's show, he's going to post it. And that's how the average fan is going to know about it. Right. But you have to reach Out to more than that To get a consistent fan base Right And as I always said If these companies are going to run I I have no problem with it If they help build if If they build the community That is wrestling here Instead of just relying on The wrestlers To hopefully make a post To make Brandy or the Chief Or Garth come to the show I want the Tommy guy that didn't even know that there was local wrestling in town who then sees Sky High or Nick Xander or whoever on the show and say, hey, that was a good show. Hey, when's the next one? Oh, uh, the next one here, we're not sure, probably next month, but we're at a really good show uh, at the Silver Nugget next week and Carlito and Masters and Rhino and Hammerstone and AEW guys are going to be on it oh, shit, that sounds cool. I, I had never heard of it. I moved here six months ago. And now that's how new fans get, get built. Right, We can get them all. You know, our, our Twitter, our Facebook is just an extension of everything we've been doing for years. So, sure, you might find a new fan here, new fan, new fan there. But unless AEW weekend, hey, we hand out flyers at a GCW show. Cause some of those people are coming in from California, but some of them are coming in from Vegas and they don't really pay attention to our shows. They pay attention to GCW shows. Right. Well, Hey, here's a flyer or when ring of honor would come out and then I'd hand them a flyer for the Mecca. And it'd be like, Oh shit. You got John Morrison. You got Tommy dreamer. You got Davey Richards. Wow. You got Brian cage. You got, you got, Keith Lee. I heard of that guy. Oh, Sammy Callahan. Oh, this is a great show. And I remember selling tickets all the time. Ring of Honor would come in Friday, Saturday. And by the the first, by the second year, we would have people that would stay over. We would have people that would actually not go to the Ring of Honor shows anymore. Like, hey, when's your Mecca? You can do it Sunday. You know, we want to come down for that. And again, it's not a thousand people but it's new fans that we created because we handed out a flyer. We put out a good show and we, we, we were persistent and trying to make sure they were aware of the show happening. Yeah. So, and, and I think that's what the issue is where my pet peeve is with, with some of the other companies, you know, and, and again, a lot of them are trying to run different types of shows, but right. the majority of fans are always going to be wrestling fans to go to a wrestling show. Right. You, could, you could paint it as this show and that show and we're going to have a band on this one and we're going to have a comedian on this one, but nobody's going to a wrestling show because some local comedian's on it. Yeah, In most right. cases, the majority of the fans are going to be coming because they like wrestling and they're not going to be aware of a lot of the people that are on the wrestling show unless they're the diehard fans, which we all get anyway. We all want to get newer fans and different fans right. just like we have people that come in uh i guess he moved from california the john piles guy who now every time i look he's buying four or five tickets four or five tickets he does a podcast for gcw talking about right. coming in he's going to train as a manager but because of however he found out about it whether it was george Furman seeing our show in the cw back in the day or my LVTV, they had to see things
1: right. because
0: you're not going to Turn on Yahoo or Google or anything else and be like, hey, local people, don't forget there's a local wrestling show. And it's a company called Future Stars of Wrestling who trained Chris Bay, uh, Zoe Stark and Solo Sokoa and Kevin Cross. It, it isn't that magical. You actually right. have to put the work in and you have to, you know, post it wherever you can. You know, different things. Somebody hit me up, uh, Sean T., who's uh, Callahan's uh, ring announcer guy, He's tremendous. He did the stuff when we did the show. He lives in Vegas now. He was actually supposed to ring announce this past weekend. So we're trying to get him in the mix. But he was talking about different things. Xander sent something about, you know, things to do in Vegas uh, for Vegas people who are looking for something different. While Sean T's was more of like uh, for tourists, there was different uh, Instagram stuff that you could check out what was available, what was happening because not everybody's getting the Las Vegas weekly. Nobody buys the review journal anymore. Right. So you have to be extremely right. creative when it comes to getting new people to your show. We're big on vet ticks and yeah. you know, at least that one is for a good cause. We had done some house seats in the past and it would be like, Hey, here's a list of 50 people and 26 would have bought tickets to our show. So that, right. that kind of defeats the purpose you know, when we had drink guarantees at Sam's Town, things like that, you wanted to get more bodies and doing it for the veterans was a, a good way to do it. You know, there are times that they'll buy tickets when it's not available, but they became aware of it. Uh, I right. right When we did the show with Cross, I had to email somebody because I saw they had bought a meet and greet, but I never saw a ticket sale. And I'm like, hey, bro, you know, just so you know, uh, the meet and greet, Isn't available to just come in because we can't keep track of who's walking into the building yet. You don't have a ticket. He's like, Oh no, I got my tickets through vet ticks. Well, this guy spent a hundred bucks on getting a meet and greet with for his kids or or whatever it was. And because of that, vet ticks that he may not have, he probably wouldn't have come to the show. Right. You know, we have a lady now, she comes with her husband. I know his name is John, I don't know her name but she's yelling and screaming and she's like the, you know, the most popular fan uh, of our fans these days who watch, cause she's so excited, probably in her sixties and she yeah. loves the wrestling. And yeah. anytime we have the vet ticks, I always look and it's like, up oh, there's the name.
1: Yeah. It's, it's just interesting to, you know, to see how that all works and, uh, you know, to see the benefits of uh, the hard work. But, you know, again, you said, uh, I think one of the key things is that 13 years, you know, it's like, it takes time to establish that um, that consistency. And then there's that rollover where you have to continuously adjust. And that's, that's one of the things I think that, you know, <laughs> it's interesting because we can look at you as, you know uh a booker ultimately for the shows but at the same time as a producer and as someone who's trying to you know make sure the product's out there and get the the audiences to come in that's a whole nother it's like you're you're doing a pr department's job too which i think that gets underestimated a lot of times that so much goes into that um as we uh Kind of wrap up here, and we're going to Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. Merry Christmas to you, Joe. Uh, When you were a kid, uh, favorite Christmas gift ever?
0: Who remembers? I guess maybe when I got the first uh, Pong game, like that was a big deal (laughs) back in the day. But, you know, it, it got pretty boring after, you know, a few weeks of playing the same thing. Because it was it was only like, you know, one-on-one and two-on-two. Right. You know, I remember I got the upgraded Atari. It was called the 5200, which was yeah. awesome. You got the Fender and all the other stuff. But the joysticks, they shredded. And they right. basically discontinued those after a couple months. So that was a shitty, ended up being a shitty present. So, you know, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I'm old now, so I I don't remember what would have been. You know, oh man, what a great present was it a bike when I wanted it? You know, at that time, right, right, Because you, know, sure. you know, you know, I remember sneaking down. You know, because when I was first, you know, I the first house I lived in was one story, but I would always remember tiptoeing in at night. You know, three in the morning. You know, when you're 10 years old thinking Santa dropped off shit, you know, and you're looking through the stuff and kind of trying to see what it is and and maybe pull a little bit of the, uh, the wrapping paper to see what it is. But but nowadays it's like, yeah, it's just another day. Yeah. All I'm waiting for is, uh, the only thing I'm excited about Christmas is hoping that this is the year the the kid actually buys me something. So, you know. (laughs) I spent a lot of years buying for him. You know, I'm waiting for the, I'm waiting for the, the, the comeback. Well, you know,
1: maybe you never, you never see Joe DeFalco in a tie. Maybe Joey needs to get you a
0: tie. Well, then I'd have to get the matching shirt and probably a jacket. We have talked about that being, you know, the dressed up uh, Joe DeFalco for the shows, especially now since I'm not really doing the uh, commentary uh, as often and and things like that that you know dressing up and you know representing uh you know like vince mcmahon would do you know we got a big thing happening in january you know we have uh representatives from uh, wwe gonna be down uh talking with us so we're looking forward to that you know we don't really know the full details but you know lacy a few months back uh our guy gabe from uh wwn and evolve who's back in the company uh was interested in checking some stuff out and you know we're hoping it has stuff to do with the fact that solo and and zoe and and cross you know all trained with us but we really have no inklings i know they do some scouting and things like that so I, i think the worst part of it was that i had posted it on our page so now everybody and their grandmother wants to be on the show. So now all of a sudden, I got 87 people who want to be on the show because they think there's going to be a scout looking at them. So,
1: and in reality, it's going to be the tape library. That's that's I hope. that's yeah, that's <laughs> you know, hey, we,
0: you know we, we would love to be able to put our bigger shows on their network. Sure, you know, the reach is through the roof, you know, plus you know tom howard said they man when they when they hit up upw and they needed cena footage and stuff he goes they paid very very well so crossing those fingers yo
1: yeah uh, i'm telling you rick uh, hey man rick, rick has rick's has, uh, been able to have a really nice uh, lifestyle for the past 20 years after uh, that uh, <laughs> that library got sold so uh it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens on New Year's Eve. Again, it's Countdown to Midnight on New Year's Eve, 9.30 show at the FSW Arena. Come on out. And uh, then uh, New Year's resolution will be on the 13th, which is a Friday, and no escape on Sunday the 29th at 5 p.m. Subscribe to the FSW Network, 699 a month. You can uh, see some of these shows year's eve show and uh i guess we're working
0: on uh we're working on something new i guess ben's doing something where it's going to be available on the roku and the amazon that you don't have to go through your phone or computer anymore you can just watch it on your tv
1: yeah that's something that uh i think he's been beta testing so uh that is kind of exciting because uh uh you know, sometimes you, you cast it onto the TV and then, you know, it stops <laughs> it stops working on your phone or on your computer. And it's just so frustrating. But usually with the stream straight on the TV, there's no problems or interruptions. So that's a pretty exciting thing as well. Uh, Joe, we hope you have a Merry Christmas to you and the family. Uh, and uh, looking forward to, to you. Uh, sir appreciate it and we look forward to uh, the uh, the New Year's Eve show uh, and again the unguided I'm I'm hoping maybe you know what how about uh, they do Crockett and Tubbs right that fits right in kind of the 80s unguided I think that that's that's what I
0: see well, I want to see the unguided. That's why it's called the unguided.
1: Oh, man! Uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see if uh,
0: we will see. Get your tickets. Only thirty bucks yeah. and a champagne toast at midnight.
1: There you go. And, and apparently. If, uh, your kid's 14 and, uh, you want to have them have some, uh, champagne.
0: If you're you some champagne, so if you're 14 and you're listening and you want some champagne, tell your parents to bring it.
1: Uh, Bodhi's on the show, right? Uh,
0: potentially,
1: yes. There you go. There, there, you, you can have the, uh, the kid's table. With the uh, the Welch's uh, sparkling uh, grape sparkling wine, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Until next week, we'll see you guys later.